Well, this past Wednesday night, our family was at home, which seems to be a rare thing uh, nowadays. Um, I had, uh, uh, we'd all had dinner together. As you know, if your parents, it doesn't last very long, but it's important that you have dinner together. Uh, I helped Clayton with a little bit of math homework. It's been a while since I've done algebra, uh, but it came back pretty, pretty fast to me. Uh, the kids started getting ready for bed. Wade had his bath. His mom read him some books and heard his prayers. And then, like I usually do, I went up to Wade's room to, to lay, lay down with him and, and to sing him some songs. And one of the songs that he likes is probably a song that you sing to your kids, and it's called Small World, After All. You know that song? It's a world of laughter, a world of tears, a world of hopes, and a world of fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware it's a small world after all. You know the song. I left Wade's room, went back downstairs, decided I wanted to turn on the news and just see what was happening in the, in the Middle East and just kind of get caught up to speed on, on that. But there was breaking news. A gunman in Maine, former military guy and firearms instructor, had walked into a bowling alley and then a pool hall and killed 18 people, injuring dozens of others, and Andy was on the loose. They hadn't found him. And so the song that I just had in my head that I sang to my seven-year-old came back. It, it, it's a world of laughter, a world of tears, a world of hopes, and a world of fears. We're in a new series on Philippians that I'm calling How to Build a Life. And, and last Sunday after I introduced Philippians, I talked to you about what it looks like to live a meaningful life. And I kind of left you with three thoughts. The first was your life must be grounded in faith because without faith, you're going to have a really hard time getting through some of the things that happen to you in this world. The second thing that I said is that, that your life must be committed to humility. And remember what C.S. Lewis said about humility. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. And that's also what Jesus taught in his ministry. And the third thing that I left you with was we have to recognize that real joy comes from relationships. So we have to do whatever we can to nurture and cultivate our relationships with family, with friends, at church, at work, and, and everywhere else. And, and you might be saying to yourself, yeah, you know, I've already built my life. I've already raised my kids. I've already established my career. You know, maybe that's true. But I told you last Sunday that you're still making decisions each and every day, each and every week that send a message about what is most important and how you're going to spend your time. There's a lot going on in the world right now. The news has done a masterful job of informing us of all the things that are wrong with the world. And so we hear these things constantly, right? The evolving conflict in the Middle East might lead to World War III. It's impossible to take out Hamas without killing thousands of innocent people in the process. The U.S. House of Representatives took three weeks and four attempts to find a speaker. The southern border is open and nobody wants to address that complicated topic of immigration. Inflation is out of control and it's crushing middle-class America. Crime is a growing problem in many major cities, including our own, and our nation continues to give billions of dollars away in foreign aid, but we're trillions of dollars in debt. You hear this stuff, I hear this stuff. 
In fact, we hear it so much that we can become cynical. And I've been giving a lot of thought to the word cynical. It's defined this way. An inclination to believe that people are motivated purely by self-interest. Modern cynicism has been described as an attitude of distrust towards claimed ethical and social values and the rejection of the need to be socially involved. And this quickly leads to a sense of pessimism that human beings are incapable of making the correct ethical choices or that most choices human beings make are always in their own self-interest. That's what cynicism does. Cynicism is what has led to a growing distrust in institutions and a rapid decline in social capital in our nation. And guess what? We can all become guilty of having a cynical mindset. But truth be told, it only makes matters worse. Cynicism doesn't accomplish anything and it rarely offers any solutions. It just makes you feel like nothing will ever change and we're stuck with the same old problems that, that don't seem to go away. And oftentimes we can feel like there's just nothing we can do about it, right? But that's not what Paul says in Philippians. In fact, he says the exact opposite. In chapter two, he says, do all things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. You know, it's hard to shine like a star in the world if you're full of cynicism and disappointment and negativity. Now, don't get me wrong, our world has major problems. Things happen almost every day that can cause us to lose faith in humanity. But we can't let all the bad things lead us to a place where we live our lives in despair. Where, 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 where we, we, we feel anguish all the time because that's not how Jesus taught us to live. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? What does he say? You're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden, so let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Now, I've recommended a couple books to go along with this Philippian series. The first is Farrell's new book that came out this week called Soulful. And, and, and in chapter three of her book, she says this, and I'm gonna share this with you. Beneath the skin, deeper than scars and sickness and disappointment and worries and even fear of mortality lives an eternal hope. It's in the marrow of us, written in our DNA. We are spiritually encoded to hope. I agree with this. And if you know fairly, you know that her main mantra in life is live in hope. And we're gonna talk about that a week from this Wednesday if you wanna come join us. What does it look like to live in hope in a world that, that always sends these negative things at us? And then the other book that I recommended is a book by Arthur Brooks and Oprah uh, called Build the Life You Want. And Brooks says this, there's a word for believing that you can make things better without distorting reality. It's not optimism, but it's hope. Optimism is the belief that things will turn out all right 
Hope makes no such assumption, but is the conviction that one can act to make things better in some way. See, hope involves personal agency, meaning it gives you a sense of power and motivation. And he goes on to say, you know, there's, there's, there's a way to practice hope, and you can do these three things. He says, imagine a future that's better, and then detail what makes it so. Imagine the future you want to live and then focus on how you're going to get there. The second thing is envision yourself taking action. In other words, do the things that will lead you to a better place. Make some changes. Give things up. Redirect your thoughts. Surround yourself with the right kinds of people. And the third thing is take action by turning empathy into compassion. You see, empathy is the starting point. You feel bad for somebody else and what they're going through, but real compassion for the other person is what leads you to action. So my question for you today is this. Are you cynical or are you living with hope? Are you frustrated and overwhelmed with all that's happening in the world or are you committed to doing your part to make things better? Do you sit around complaining about everything that's wrong or do you work to make a change? Now let me add a few of my thoughts to this question of how do we live with hope? How do we live in hope? I think that's the same thing. Based on Paul's letter to the Philippians, he gives us a lot of answers to that. The first thing that I would say is recognize that life is hard. Acknowledge it. We should all know this by now, right? <laughs> but I'm still amazed at how some people think that life should be easy. It's not. Life is hard. Sure, some days are better than others. Sure, sometimes we, we feel good and other times we don't. But, but life is a roller coaster with ups and downs, sharp turns, drops, unexpected changes. We all have to recognize that life you know, every day brings us opportunities for both challenge and opportunity. Uh, M. Scott Peck in The Road Less Traveled, remember he said, life is difficult, but once we accept that it's difficult, then we can move beyond it because we realize that to be true. Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I, I do not give to you as the world gives. And the peace that Jesus talked about, the peace that Jesus spread, was a peace that cannot be taken away. But life is hard, acknowledge it. The second thing that I would say is, make a decision today that you wanna be a person who lives in hope. It's a choice, it's a decision. And then you gotta make it tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. And then you gotta surround yourself with people who've made the same decision. That in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of their hurt and pain, you're going to shine some light. Because I'm convinced that, that all of us have our days where we need others to remind us that, 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 that hope doesn't die. No matter what happens, no matter how we feel, people are drawn to the light. And the light shines brighter in the darkness. They're drawn to positivity and encouragement. They're drawn to people who make them feel good. 
You know, there's, there's different kinds of churches, right? You've been to them. I've been to them. There's churches that you go to and they, they beat you up and tell you what an awful person you are and how, how, what a sinner you are and how terrible you are. And, 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 and you leave kind of feeling like this, right? Well, that was nice. But then there are churches where you go and hopefully it's this one. Yeah, we're sinners, but we need to be built up. We need to be encouraged because life beats us up enough. But life is hard. And we have to make a choice every day that we're going to spread light. You remember Maya Angelou's quote, people may forget what you said, they may forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And that's so very true. The way you treat other people matters. The third thing that I'm gonna say is focus on the right things. We have the news, right? We know what's wrong with the world. Anytime, turn it on, they'll tell you. But you know what we don't see? We don't see a breaking news bulletin that somebody went out of their way to help somebody in need, that somebody went out of their way and sat with a person who was depressed or lost a spouse or is going through a divorce. The news doesn't tell us that, but it happens all the time. What does Paul say in Philippians 4? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things, he said. What did Paul not say? Whatever is wrong, whatever hurts, whatever is outrageous, whatever is crazy, whatever is bothering you, think about these things. No, he said, think about the positive, think about the good, think about the things that are right with the world. Don't be a person who's always sharing bad news. Nobody wants to be around that person, right? If you look for what's good in the world, it's there, you'll find it. But if you only focus on the problems and what's wrong with the world, you'll drown your soul. And if you don't believe me, try it. Fourth and finally this morning, to live in hope, to live with hope. We have to tend to our own souls. Because I do know this, when we're tired or burned out or overly stressed, it's really hard for us to spread hope to others. You know, ministers have to be reminded of this all the time because we go and we go and we serve and we give and we try to pour out. But if we don't take care of ourselves, we've got nothing to pour out. And part of taking care of yourself is knowing yourself, knowing your limits, knowing when you are tired and angry and sad. Nobody can do it all, even though some people try. Scott Alinder coming this week, the whole reason we're bringing him is because there is a spiritual faith-based component to recognizing your personality, what you're inclined to do when you're stressed or when you're healthy, and how we can understand ourselves and build more empathy and compassion for other people. And that's why we offer it. You know, we all have our strengths, we all have our challenges, we all have our limits. So you have to know yourself well enough so that you can recognize when you need to recharge, when you need to fill your own cup. I'll tell you the story. We went to the beach for fall break, to the Outer Banks, and uh, our friends, the Presleys, Kempton and Patty B, uh, came to come with us. So flew to Norfolk, 
Kempton thought he'd be a hot shot. He's not here today. I don't see him, so I can say this. He, uh, uh, and he got a Tesla at the airport, right? He's going to drive a Tesla down. Well, he headed down from Virginia down into North Carolina, and, and, the, and, and they gave him the Tesla. It had 30% battery at the airport. And, um, and so he started getting down, and I was like, hey, man, where are you? He's like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're in Currituck. We're getting close. Well, he, he started freaking out because he, there was no charging station anywhere. And so what did he do? He turned around. He drove back up into Virginia where he knew there was a charging station so he could fill the battery back up. How about us? Do we know how long we've got until we need to go plug into the charging station? Because if you don't, you're going to become cynical. You're going to become negative. You're going to try to pull other people down. So the question is simple. Will you live in hope? Or will you be cynical? And we all get to make that choice every single day. Amen.